Alright, welcome one, welcome all. You're listening to episode number 30 of A Secret to Everybody. I guess 30 is kind of a big number. I don't really know if it is, but maybe I just like round numbers that end in 0 or 5. Maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. Anyway, I'm Ben, episode 30 of A Secret to Everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week. And as you can probably hear, my voice no longer sounds like a chipmunk with half a nose. Um, I'm over my sickness, and we don't have to have the robot man giving you instructions anymore. That was just a joke last week, by the way. I hope you understood that. Um, wouldn't, I would never make that happen the whole time, because that would be horrible. So, we're back. Um, I wish I had some massive news for you for the new year, like, you know, the PlayStation 4 just dropped $100 or something crazy. But, there's no really massive piece of news because I feel like it's been kind of dry lately with news and you know exciting things or funny things or things I can talk about for a long period of time but I don't have anything like that um, so I'm just going to talk about a few different things here and hopefully it'll be enjoyable because I think it is the Steam sale is over I hope you got some awesome deals on that I was actually a little bit disappointed because the sale said that it was running from I think it was the 19th of December to the 3rd of January and so based on the chart that I told you guys about last time you know only buy the game on the very last day of the sale, if it hasn't gone on sale, like in the special, you know, way, I thought I'll wait till the very last day of the sale. So I thought it's January second. They've said that the last day of the sale is the third, so I have tomorrow. So I get on on the third to buy a couple a game or two that were che- going to be cheap, and they had a bunch of like AAA games like Bioshock Infinite and Call of Duty Ghost and those games on sale, but the ones that I wanted were back to normal price. And I was like, what the heck? And then I read a Steam update that someone sent me on Twitter, and they said that the sale ends on I think it was 10 a.m. Pacific time on January 2nd. So I don't know if if the idea was that, you know, the, the full sale runs just until the, the end of that second to last day, and then the last day is like the encore where the best deals happen. But I felt like if they if they advertised the sale went to January 3rd, it should have gone until January 3rd. Like I was going to buy the games on the 2nd, and on the 2nd, they were back to full price. But it's okay because the one game I wanted actually went on sale like the day after that. It was DuckTales Remastered. And so I'm kind of happy about that. So all, all is well that ends well. And I got a couple of the games that I wanted. I, I didn't even spend $20 on this sale. I had a gift card I got for Christmas. And I spent the rest of that on some of the sale games. So here's a couple of the games I picked up. Uh, nothing big here. Just a couple I thought I'd share. The first one is DuckTales Remastered. Uh, that's a remake of the classic NES game, DuckTales. I never played that game. Um, so I'm excited to try it. I've heard it's pretty good. And I've heard the remake's true to the original, it just looks better, so I mean, I love the 8-bit look, as you know, but figured I'd try it out, I've kind of had my eye on it, but it's a $15 game, I feel like it wasn't, I don't know if I'd want to pay that full price, so I got it for like 5 or $6, that was good. Uh, the game Another World, which is a Steam remastered version of a Super Nintendo game that we actually had on Super Nintendo, I think there were two names, it was Another World and Out of This World, I believe, I think Another World might have been like the European name for it or something, but it was a kind of like, I don't want to say like a quick time event game, but it was kind of like uh, something happens, you have to figure out what to do, like the game starts and you're just like, your car goes over the hill and you have to figure out that you have to like hold A to swim up or something like that, that kind of thing where it's like events that you have to figure out what to do. So I, I thought it was kind of cool when I was younger, but I couldn't really understand it, so I figured I'd, I might buy the remaster and check it out. So that's, that was $10, normally so I might got it for like 2 So I'm interested in trying all these. Uh, the game The Bridge, that game looked really similar to Braid. I've talked at length about Braid on the show. It's a puzzle platformer where, you know, it's not really about making jumps and, and killing enemies. It's more about figuring out things, and The Bridge looked like that. It's a game where perspective matters, and you have to tilt the screen to make it, you know, 
pads to connect and things like that. So I thought that looked cool. And then the game Electronic Super Joy, which is kind of like a super difficult platformer, kind of like Super Meat Boy, one of those games. I uh, looked cool. I had it on my wish list, and it went, it went on sale for like 90 cents, so I figured what the heck. Uh, Spelunky, which a lot of people have been talking about. Uh, I follow a lot of indie developers on Twitter, like I've said, like Brian Provinciano that developed Retro City Rampage, and uh, Phil, Phil T. from Nintendo Power. Not a developer himself, but obviously he knows games. He was, he was with Nintendo Power for so many years. And they have both talked about Spelunky in a very good sense. I actually, Spelunky was a free game. It was like a free game you could download from the guy's website that I tried, and it wasn't bad, but I didn't really get like what was so great about it. But when it came out on Steam in like a deluxe version... A lot of people were saying it was really good, and it's like you can play it for a long time. So, again, it was like $4 or $3 and it was on sale. So, I had that gift card, and I figured it's better to spend the, you know, it's better to get four games for 4 or $5 with a $20 gift card than it is to get one game, you know, at, at full price at $15 or $20. So, I think I made out with that gift card. And the last game I got with that gift card was The Swapper, uh, which is a game that I know the guys at Start Selective talked about. It's a puzzle game, kind of, I don't want to say like Brave, but the cool thing about that game is. The entire visuals of the game are built with clay, if I'm not mistaken. So that sounds really cool, and I heard the puzzles are really good, and has really good reviews. So hopefully I'll get to these games or other games soon so I can talk about them. The problem is, I you know, I buy the Humble Bundles, and I get these games for like a dollar or two dollars. So I get like five new games on Humble Bundle for a dollar or two, and then I have them all sitting there, and like I play one. It's just, I try to play games where I can kind of go through them really fast. I remember before I started playing games on Steam, when I had so many like this, like when I had games on PlayStation, I didn't have that many, so I was really into trophies, which are just like achievements if you if you don't play PlayStation, it's just like achievements on Xbox or on Steam. I was really into trophies because I wanted to get the most out of the game. And now it's like, I almost don't even want to play the game on like normal difficulty because I just want to get through it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to play a game that's going to take me a long time. I want to play a game I can beat in, you know, a week or so. So I can just beat and get to the next one. So, especially with working and stuff, I'm trying to do that. But then when I'm home, I have games that I only have on my PlayStation that I, don't, I can't play when I'm at school. So, I'm trying to kind of mix it up and, you know, get a lot of games done. So, I'm about to talk, up, talk about one of those in a minute. So, point is, I have a lot of games that I want to play, and that I will be playing, hopefully, but there's so many that I just don't know which ones to do, and I try to compartmentalize them, and it's just a mess. But anyway, hopefully I'll be able to play more of those soon, and that will give me more content to talk about, and hopefully some more reviews to write for the site. I haven't written up a full review in a couple months. My last one was Guacamelee, so hopefully I'll be able to do another one of those soon, maybe on one of these games. Uh, speaking of all of these games, I, I hesitated to do this, and I think I mentioned it briefly last week, because last time it was such a problem, but uh, Mr. Provinciano, the guy that made Retro City Rampage, just like I said, he sent out an extra Steam key uh, by email for everyone that pre-ordered the game before it came out last year. I remember pre-ordering it last summer because I was so excited for it, and well, you know, two summers ago now, it was in 2012. But I was really excited for it, and I pre so I pre-ordered it, and he gave, you know, like a, like a printout box, you can make a mock Nintendo box and stuff like that. I really appreciate that he did that, but I actually have absolutely no use for it. Um, I bought that that last time that I had a key, maybe three or four months ago, that I bought when the game was on sale for like two dollars. I decided to do a giveaway for it. I, had, I no one wanted that from the show, so I actually ended up giving it to my friend. So if 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 anyone you know wants this, if you want it, it's yours. Uh, just like I said, same as before, you can just comment on this episode in the comment section on the site, or you can text the number 203-903-ASTE, which is 203-903-2783. Just text that, you want it, and it's yours, no questions asked, I'm not going to do any giveaways or anything. I have it, I mean, I want to give it away, I really have no use for it at all, but 
you know, it's there. So it, it stands until I give it away. So I'm not going to mention this every week because I don't want to, you know, get upset that no one wants it or whatever. But, you know, if you want it, just let me know. If I've already given it away, I'll tell you. But the first person that wants it can take it because I have it and I want to give it away. And it's a fun game. So that's that. I've got to do something kind of lame here. I really don't want to. But i got to talk about a game that I really just do not like. Uh, it's fun to talk about games that are, like, really bad, but it's disappointing to talk about games that you wanted to like but can't, and this is an example, so that's why I say it's kind of lame, because I enjoy talking about bad games too, but this is a game that I thought was going to be fun and that I'm not really caring for. So let me tell you about it. The game is called, it's a mouthful, 3D Dot Game Heroes. We'll just call it Game Heroes or Dot Game or something for short. It's, it's a PS3 exclusive. Uh, I remember seeing about the game that it was kind of like a Zelda a Zelda-like game on PS3, and I was kind of had my eye on it, and I saw it at GameStop last year, last last summer of 2012, for only, like, it was like $10 brand new, and I thought I'd give it a try. Looks pretty cool, you know, it's like Zelda. So I started playing it last Christmas break, and due to a stupid glitch, I got stuck. Basically, in the game, you can save anywhere, kind of like you can in Zelda, and I walked, to open a door, you just walk up to it, and I walked up to the door leading to the boss room, I hit the start button, I hit save, and then I think I died against the boss and quit the game, and then when I came back to play it next time, the door, the boss door was still locked, but the key, I didn't have the key in my inventory, and the key was not in the chest, so I think what happened was, I it was like a freak coincidence, I think I saved the game, and the game saved that I had used the key, but didn't save the fact that the door was open, so it was some weird glitch like that, so I was stuck. Thankfully I wasn't too far in, but at the time I just didn't really want to deal with it, so I stopped playing it. So this Christmas, I picked it back up because I didn't want to ignore a game that I bought and figured I wasn't really too far in. I'll try it again. The game wasn't bad at first, and I got I got farther than I did last time. I beat, I beat the next dungeon, and I was in the, the one after it. But after the, the third dungeon that I beat, I was confused about what to do. Like, it, I thought you had to go back into the dungeon. I, was, I didn't know what to do, so I consulted a walkthrough, which I don't like to do unless I'm confused, but... Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to get through some of these games here and just kind of finish them so I can say that I finished them. So oh, I, just, I just wanted to check real quick what to do. And when I did, I was seeing all of this stuff that the guy recommended. You know, like, after this after this dungeon, you should do this, 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 and this. You know, get this heart, you know, like, life up and this empty bottle and stuff. But the thing is, I didn't realize half of this stuff this guy was talking about in the walkthrough were side quests. Like, you'd walk up to someone in the game and just talk to them. And they would say something that seemed like a, like a random throwaway line, like, I like fish, or something stupid like that. But it's actually like a time-sensitive side quest that, like, you have to talk to this person before you go into the dungeon you're about to, and then if you talk to them after the dungeon you're about to do, then they'll tell you something else, and you have to do something for them before you go into the the next dungeon. It's, like, really confusing, and you would never know half the stuff without a walkthrough. And I don't like stuff like that, like... If it's a game you're supposed to figure out by yourself, like a Star Seed Pilgrim type thing, I don't mind. But when it's a game like this, where I feel like there should at least be some... I don't want to say guidance, but just like, if it's a side quest, there should be some sort of dialogue where like, will you do this for me? Or you should know. Like, you should be able to distinguish just like, banter. You know what I mean? Just like a, like a rant, you know, use your shield type stuff. You should be able to distinguish that from an actual side quest that requires you to do something, especially when they're time-sensitive. Like, here's another example. I went into a cave in the game, and there were, some, there were some guys, like, digging and talking, and there were all kinds of, like, weird references to other games I didn't really pick up on. 
and I look at the walkthrough, like when I was scrolling through to figure out what to do with that one part, and I look at the walkthrough, and it's like, this is a side quest that moves as you clear dungeons. So, like, you have to talk to this guy in a, in a town before the first dungeon, and then after the first dungeon, you have to go to that cave, talk to the guy, and then after the second dungeon, you have to talk, go to, like, you have to keep doing it, and if you miss a step, you blow the side quest. And I don't like, st- I, I, I don't like missable stuff like that in games. Like, I hate I hate being able to miss things and, like, save over it and, like, miss it permanently. That really annoys me. So, it, it just really got irritating to me. And, like, I was playing, I just felt like the dungeons really aren't that fun. This just feels like, I don't want to say all the annoying parts of Zelda because Zelda doesn't really have that annoying parts, but it's basically just, like, Zelda without the fun. It just feels like, you know, I I felt like I was simply going from one dungeon to the next and missing a bunch of, like, stuff because I never knew it was there. Like, how am I supposed to know that you're supposed to go to that cave after every dungeon? I don't want to have to follow a walkthrough word for word. I mean, that's stupid. You're not even playing the game. So I basically just decided that it's a really bad Zelda ripoff and it's really not fun. I would not recommend the game at all. Like I said, I wanted to, and I, I, I wanted to like it, and at first I thought that I did. But the game basically just made me want to play a real Zelda game where you actually are guided around and you don't have to, like go deep and figure out side quests and like travel back and forth between every dungeon uh, I don't know I'd say stay away from the game I, mean, I got it cheap but it's really not a great game uh, today's tech topic I wanted to do that because I didn't do one last week it's short but it is good and unfortunately it's only useful if you have an Android device uh, if you don't don't worry because this will be pretty short but um on the on the Google Play Store, which if you're an Apple person, it's the basically the equivalent of iTunes for us, where we get our apps and books and music and stuff. There's an app called Google Opinion Rewards. I'll link to that in the comments uh, in the notes of the show. Basically, what it does is it is kind of like a you know like people take surveys online for gift cards and stuff, but it's legitimate. It's from Google. Basically, you just open up the app, answer a few like background questions about yourself, like how old you are and if you're male or female, and then they'll like, that's basically you you complete the initial, you know, run through and then it'll pop up from time to time and say there's a new survey available. You know, you can click here to take it. And I put I got this app on my old phone. I got a new phone for Christmas. I got it on my old phone and had it for over a month and I didn't not get a single survey. But now that I have it on my new phone, I got I've gotten two surveys so far. And like it'll just pop up in your notification bar and tell you there's a new survey available. You click on it and and the first question I got was like rate this state or like do you agree with this statement? Like I forget what it was. Like I have difficulties cooking, like sitting down to cook a home cooked meal, and it was like you know a five point scale. You know one is absolutely disagree, five is absolutely agree. And I answered it, and it said, you know thanks, we you just earned a dollar. So basically, what happens is whenever questions come in that fit you or that they want answered, you get a notification on your phone. You answer the question, and they're usually they're usually really quick. I mean, it took me not even thirty seconds, and I got a dollar of Google Play credit for that. So it just goes right into your account for your play account, so you can use it you know, to buy an app or maybe to save up for a book or a song or something. So I think it's nice. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything. I, the second survey I did, they only gave me a quarter for, but still, it's better than nothing for you know 10 seconds of my time. So I'd say if you have an Android device, you know, throw it on your device, and then you know, a month or two goes by. You know, even if you get one survey a week, a couple months go by, you'll have maybe five or seven dollars you can use to buy a couple apps. I mean. That's better, you know, for just a few seconds of your time, a couple times a week. I think that's fine. So, yeah, check that out. It's called, again, uh, Google Opinion Rewards. I'll link to that so you can get to it real quick. And there are actually, 
uh, there is no iOS version, of course, since iOS devices use iTunes and not the Google Play Store. So I apologize for that. And if you're an Apple person, sorry about the last minute or so. But I thought it was worth mentioning. And next week's tech topic will hopefully be something that can be used by multiple groups of people. So let's talk more about next gen. And I really shouldn't even be calling it next gen. I should be calling it current gen because, you know, technically the previous generation now is the PS3, Xbox 360 era. But, you know, it'll take a while to get used to it, just like it'll take a while to get used to writing 2014 on your checks or papers or whatever instead of 2013. I uh, still don't have a PS4. I don't, I think that was obvious. But because of the reasons I've mentioned, you know, mainly Watch Dogs, I still want a PS4. And for a topic this week, I was kind of thinking about some reasons for and against both. Uh, this is just kind of a little list I came up with on the fly. Not all of these reasons are going to apply to everyone, and they're, they're not in any particular order at all. But I think they're pretty valid for the most part. And this wasn't anything that I used to justify my decision. I was just kind of thinking stuff up and thought it might be fun to talk about to kick off the year. So let's talk about first, uh, let's talk about going next gen, uh, you know, either right away when it came out or getting them now, because it's still pretty early in this system's life. Uh, the there's, I got four for each, pros and cons. So four pros are going next-gen as soon as possible. First, and in no particular order, first, you get to be part of the cool new developments in the industry. Uh, not everyone will care about this, but, you know, by going next-gen or current-gen, whatever, we'll call it next-gen for the sake of this list, by going next-gen now or as soon as possible, you get to be part of the cool new thing. You know, I have the newest toy. You know, I'm getting, I'm checking out the cool stuff. I have the newest upgrade to connect or the PlayStation controller or whatever. So it's a lot of people that matters. The second one is just overall better graphics, faster system. You know, you don't, you know, you don't have to deal with some of the, you know, the fact that the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 were made, you know, eight years ago. They don't have fast USB ports. They don't have a lot of USB, whatever. You just have an overall better upgrade. Uh, number three, not many, but a few games are exclusive to the new systems. If you want to play, you know, the Kill Zone or whatever's on Xbox, I don't even know. Rise, I think it whatever is that it? Rise on Xbox One, whatever it is. A couple are exclusive to the new systems. So obviously, by by buying one of the new systems, you are gaining access to some exclusives that you wouldn't have on current gen. And the fourth reason for going next gen as soon as possible is you can still have the old system if you want to play it. It's not like going next gen means you're not allowed to use your your old PlayStation, your old Xbox at all. I think one good example of that would be, you know, the PlayStation 4, to my knowledge, still is not usable as a media server like the PS3 was, where, like, you know, you can stream TV or files from your computer to your PlayStation. So a lot of people complained about that, and I thought, well, even if you get a PS4, you know, use your PS4 to play all your games, and then if you still want it, you can, your PS3 can sit behind your TV or whatever, you can put your PS3 somewhere else and just use it as a media server. You know, you still have your old system. So that's, that's you know, you still have it. You can still play your PS3 games on it. So that's 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 a pro in my mind. But some cons of going next-gen as soon as possible, there's four of them as well. Uh, there may be some issues that need to be worked out, of course, um, you know, on any end by, by Sony or Microsoft for the system, you know, in the user interface, you know, that can, not every, you know, the game's messed up. So by being an early adopter, you are taking on the fact that there probably are going to be some issues. Secondly, that goes along with this, not all the features are, may be active or working correctly now. You know, like, for example, like streaming. You know, streaming is promised, and it's working on PS4, and I think it's working on the Xbox One, but it might not, you know, you might not be able to stream right to YouTube or right to Twitch or whatever it is. You know, there might be a lot of fine print about things that, you know, you can do it, but you can't do it now, or you can do it, but you can't do it fully. So that is a problem. Uh, third is not many friends are on next gen, so there's less people to play with. I know this is definitely a big thing for me. Like I have a lot of friends that are on the PS3. You know, not e 
friends in real life and friends like I met over, you know, place, playing games online. So there's less people to play with on the next-gen systems because there's just not as many people that have bought them so far. You know, give it a year's time or so, there'll be plenty of people on there. But And if it's a big game like Battlefield or Call of Duty, I'm sure you won't have a problem. But if you're playing some lesser-known shooter or, you know, racing game or something, you might have trouble finding some people. And fourth, it, and it's one of the biggest reasons in my mind, Akana going next-gen as soon as possible, you pay the most money for the, I don't say worst, but the least advanced version of the console. And what I mean by that is, if you buy a PS4 launch, you're paying $400 for the fat version of the system. You don't get a bundle or a slim version. You know, whereas right now, you know, if you bought a PS3 at launch, you might have paid close to five or six hundred dollars. If you buy a PS3 now, you can pay two or two hundred and fifty dollars and get an extra controller, Grand Theft Auto five and a download of Little Big Planet or something, you know what I mean? Something like that, where you get all this stuff for a quarter, you know, a third of the price that someone paid for just the system with a forty gigabyte hard drive, you get this you get the system, two games, an extra controller and a five hundred gig hard drive or a two hundred and fifty gig hard drive and you pay less money. So by waiting a little bit for the PS4, maybe a bundle will come in with a game for just a little bit more, or you know, an extra controller, something like that, or a new version of the system will come out that's fat, a little bit faster, a little bit quieter, whatever. So that is, I think that is definitely a big consideration, especially for me. Let's go to the flip side, and I try to pick different reasons so you're not just restating the first eight, but the pros of staying on this gen for longer or as long as possible you can hold out for. Uh, first is the games and the systems are cheaper and getting cheaper, so you can jump into a previous gen console for cheap or get the older games for less. So, you know, if you don't have either of, of the PS3, Xbox 360 systems, you can grab one, like I just said, for, you know, for a good price and get a couple games along with it. Or, if you have one and there's games you missed out on, you know, when the console, like, the, you know, big games of this generation, like Bioshock and Call of Duty 4 or whatever, if you didn't play those, you can get them for relatively cheap right now. Secondly, lots of people are still on them, so there's plenty of multiplayer fodder on this is kind of different from the Friends thing, but kind of the same. There's still a lot of people playing on the PS3 and Xbox 360, so, you know, even like, I've been playing Call of Duty World at War the past couple nights that, you know, came out in, like, 08, you know, it's the, it's, a, it's five Call of Duties back from our current one, and people, are, there's only about a thousand people playing, but they're still on there, and, you know, that's, I think that's cool that there's still plenty of people playing on the old system because so many people have it. Thirdly, you likely already have some games you could play that you haven't, plus games are still being made for them, so this is kind of two things in one. If you have a PS3 or an Xbox, you probably have some games that you haven't played all the way through or you would like to play again or that you forget or something, you know, you haven't played at all, someone bought you. Plus, there's still games being made for them. It's not like we're at a dry spell where, you know, we're being cut off and no new games are being made. Especially like I talked about a few a few weeks ago where most of the new, new games are being made for both systems. So you can play, you know, a slightly less graphically enhanced version or whatever, but it's still the same game. And fourthly, yeah, this is a big one, you don't have to spend all the money on a new console, new controllers, and things like that. You know, on a current system, if you have, like, I have PS3 headphones. I know whatever game I buy on PS3, they'll work. You know what I mean? If you're into, like, Guitar Hero or whatever, you have the controller for PS3, all you have to do is buy the next Guitar Hero game or whatever, and you have that controller. You don't have to worry about buying all new controllers and remotes and stuff won't work when you upgrade, things like that. So that, I think that's definitely a big consideration, because obviously money is probably the main reason a lot of people aren't upgrading right away. And some cons of staying on the current generation. First, your system may or may not be older. I mean, obviously, if you did 
if you followed the pro of the first one and bought a brand new one, this won't apply. But if you've had your system for a while, it might be older and more likely to wear out, which would introduce the cost predicament. You know, I mean, if your machine dies, you think, you know, do I pay $200 or $150 to get this fixed, or do I just jump on the PS4 now, or, you know, Xbox One now? I'm just talking from my opinion. Sorry about that. Secondly, you might not get the full effect of games that are designed for both console generations, just like I talked about. You know, you buy Battlefield 3, or I'm sorry, Battlefield 4 on PS3 or Xbox 360, you don't get to play on 64-player servers, the graphics aren't as good, you might be stuck on two discs, especially on the Xbox 360, things like that. So you get, like, a slightly watered-down version of games that are on both console generations. Third, you might feel behind or stuck with upgrade hype. You might you might be thinking, you know, I'm, well, I'm playing this PS3, it's so old, or this Xbox is more, you know. You might just be kind of thinking, like, I need to get the new system. And fourthly, people will make fun of you. No, I'm just making that up, but I really couldn't think of a fourth reason, and I, like, I had four for the other three, so I wanted to be even. So... Hopefully that list kind of helped you think about where you're at in your mind. I mean, like I said, I the main thing that comes down to to me, I'm hoping to get a PS4 by the end of this semester or the start of the summer in there. Basically, I, just, I want Watch Dogs. That's, I'm not trying to be shallow or repeat the same thing a hundred times, but that is what I'm waiting for. I feel like once Watch Dogs is out, buying a PS4 will be worth it and I'll be ready for the new generation. Hopefully, you know, by then, we'll have to worry about all the little details being ironed out. Hopefully, streaming will be full. We'll have a good selection of games. I'll be able to buy PlayStation Plus and have a big collection of games instead of, you know, games not being released and stuff. Hopefully, Fallout 4, you know, that's been kind of being teased a little bit here and there. Not nearly officially announced, but being teased. Destiny looks cool. More games like that. I'm really excited for all that, and I'm, I'm really ready to jump into it, but I can wait. And having all the Steam games I just talked about, plus a whole lot more than just those couple, it helps the wait too. So I'm excited for it, but I feel like if I time it right, it'll be even better. A couple more things before we sign off for this week. Have you heard about the lawsuit surrounding Battlefield 4? I'm not going to go into deep detail on that or read the entire claim, obviously. It would take forever and be technical. But basically what happened is a lot of people were upset at the multitude of issues that plagued BF4 at launch and that are still going on. A Battlefield 4 launch for current-gen consoles right at the end of October. And I, it came out for the new systems you know, when they came out. So the 15th of November for the PlayStation and the 22nd for the new Xbox. Uh, just a multitude of problems. There was difficulty getting on servers to play multiplayer. People were playing single player and they saved that. It was the lead that happened to my uncle more than once. And random bugs and hit detection problems online where you're hitting someone and says you're not. Things like that. So when all that happened, when Battlefield 4 originally released in October, players on that were buying the next-gen consoles and waiting thought that they would dodge all this, but they were met with more problems. The same things, worse, whatever. So EA fixed all that up based on, you know, Battle log has been improved, so people can leave feedback on there. People are on Reddit, things like that, leaving all that stuff, all their comments. So EA patched it up. It was good for a while. And then the first DLC pack, China Rising, which you got for free if you pre-ordered the game, came out, and it was filled with yet more glitches and bugs, and we're just in a big cycle. So EA has actually delayed... um, working on new DLC for the game, or not, you know, wherever they're at, they've put that on pause, they've also put on pause a possible, I think, Star Wars Battlefront new game that they were working on, you can read more about the story at a link I'll post in the comments and the notes, and you can check out a link to the claim on there as well, it's a mess, I I mean, I feel bad about this, really, I do, I, I was really, I was hoping Battlefield 4 would be awesome, 
I enjoyed three. I remember the beta being really buggy, and even at launch, some of the some of the issues from the beta were ironed out, but some were still present. I remember playing Battlefield three early on, right after it came out. I was hoping Battlefield four was going to be really awesome. I mean, it's been two years since three came out. They had all that time to work on it, and I had the next gen consoles to develop for me. They could, if they would have done it right, it could have been, you know, the killer game for the new consoles. I want it to be a cool online shooter, but with all these problems, I feel like everyone who bought it, and I didn't buy it yet, I, I plan on it once I get the PlayStation 4, but I'm not going to now. I feel like everyone who bought it has to rightly feel like they got ripped off. I mean, a game company of this size should not have this many problems. I understand that Battlefield's a massive game. I can't even imagine having to, you know, having to worry about programming 64 people or 32, if it is on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. I can't imagine having to program all that and have everything working, have all those servers running all those different modes. I can't imagine that. And I understand that the PS4 and the Xbox One are all new technology, and this is their first try into that, whereas Battlefield 3, they had the previous Battlefields on those systems to work for. But come on. I mean, a few issues I could see, you know, a few things here and there, a couple patches early on, and it's fine. But when the game is barely playable, I mean, that that is wrong. I mean, the single player. I, no one, I know no one buys Battlefield or Call of Duty for the single player, but I always like to play through them because I think, you know what, I bought the game, they made it, I'm going to play it, you know. I, it's been a tradition of mine to play the campaign of Call of Duty on Veteran every time I just finished playing Ghosts on Veteran. So I've played every Call of Duty 4 through... 10 is the newest one on Veteran, and I, I enjoy doing it. I mean, they're not fantastic. Some are better than others. I enjoy what Treyarch tried to do with Black Ops 2's campaign, introducing choices and a branching story. I like that. But the point is, I, no one buys Battlefield for the single player, so you think they wouldn't really have to spend a ton of time on the single player, meaning it shouldn't be that hard to get right. So why are we having bugs where the single player save gets deleted? I mean, isn't that stuff we would be dealing with in, like, the PS2 era or before? I mean, I'm not trying to make fun. I don't... A lot of people hate EA. I really don't hate them. I mean, I think the DLC and microtransaction thing has gotten a bit out of hand, but I don't think they're a horrible company or evil people or anything. I want the game to succeed because I think it's fun. I mean, I hope they, I hope they get all this straight and it rocks soon. I really hope that happens. But honestly, I really can't help but think that this is, might leave a bad taste in people's mouths about EA and Battlefield and all that, as Battlefield 3 had its fair share of issues at launch, too, like I just talked about. You know, uh, when the next one comes out, people are going to be thinking, you know, what did we, we deal with all this last time? So after all that, I can't say that I'm mad that Ubisoft delayed Watch Dogs. I want the game, I wanted it when it was supposed to be out, because that would have been perfect for timing with my PlayStation 4, but maybe it's for the best. Maybe when Watch Dogs comes out, it'll be spot-on, little issues, and people will say that now next-gen is officially here, and this game defines it. This is the game you need. It's time to upgrade now. I hope that happens. I honestly do. Two more last-minute things here. PlayStation Now was just announced. It's a new service. It was just announced a couple days ago. There are very little details, but I will bring you one or two things here. Basically, PlayStation Now, this is just a little blurb from Sony on their website. They say PlayStation Now is going to offer the first ever streaming service, streaming game service on consoles, powered by our exclusive advanced cloud-based technology. Gamers can now play games the same way they stream TV, movies, and music instantly. So assuming like you do like Netflix or like Google Play Music or iTunes Radio, you know, you just stream it on your device instead of downloading it. Starting with PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 and expanding to the PS Vita, Bravia TVs, I don't know what that is, and other Sony and non-Sony devices, PlayStation Now will be available on the electronic devices gamers use most. PlayStation Now gives gamers instant access to some of PlayStation's most popular full games. 
and a little bit more on it. Uh, CNET has a slight article on it. They said details are scarce, but here are a few facts. Uh, both rental and subscription plans will be available, so I'm guessing that if you buy a subscription, it's like PS Plus, or if you have PS Plus, you're allowed to just download whatever you want from this from the uh, service, whereas a rental would probably be just playing a game for a little bit. As Sony said, the PS4, PS3, Vita, and 2014 Sony Bravia TVs will be supported initially, expanding to other platforms in the future. I'm interested to see how a TV would work. Um, I don't know if that would mean, like, you, you know, you buy a PlayStation controller and hook it up to your TV and you can play games. That, that, that could be cool, I guess. Uh, PS3 games will be supported at launch with nothing to announce regarding older back catalog, so we don't know anything about PS2 or PS1 games yet. The games will stream at 720p resolution. Games can be saved in the cloud, letting you pick up your saved game on another device later. Multiplayer is supported between players using PlayStation Now and the ability to play against people who are using a disc as well, so that's pretty sweet. And a 5 megabit per second broadband connection is recommended. Uh, they say there's no official game lineup announced for PlayStation Now, although when Sony was showing their demo of PlayStation Now, The Last of Us, God of War Ascension, Puppeteer, and Beyond Two Souls were there. And they also have not said anything about whether you'll need a PS Plus account to access it. So they said, uh, seeing that few comments here, they said, uh, Gameplay for the most part felt responsive, with only a few occasions where I noticed some slight lag. Image quality takes a bigger hit, and sharp-eyed gamers will notice the softer image quality and compression artifacts right away. But after playing for a few minutes, the latency and image quality issues faded pretty quickly, with both hitting the good enough threshold for this writer to get engrossed in the game. It's scheduled to launch this summer, and a beta program will be starting in the United States at the end of January. So if you're interested in that, you can go to just PlayStation Now on Sony's site, and you can sign up for more information. So I think that'll be cool. Um, that's what they've kind of promised. Sony promised back at E3 of last summer. They talked about how you're going to be able to stream PS3 games, since it's not going to be backward compatible as in putting a disc in, but you would be able to stream them. Um, will this work? You know, I, you know, I feel like you deal, you kind of deal with lag when you're playing an online shooter anyway. You know. Will it be worse when you're streaming the game and you're still trying to make split-second reactions of what you're doing? We'll see. I mean, maybe... I would say probably definitely on the PS4 would be a little bit better. I mean, the PS3, I'm try I'm, I think it would be struggling to keep up with, you know, streaming the game and playing the game, but we'll see. I don't want to make any, any, any assumptions right now. Plus, we're very... You know, it hasn't really happened yet, so... So anyway, we're going to close out here. That wasn't really a full topic, you know, like the next-gen pros and cons thing. It kind of was a full topic. So I feel like I was going to close out this week with a dumb story, you know, like the D like that Sonic DLC or the Pizza Hut app, that kind of thing, because I love talking about that stuff. I found this on a weird news compilation website, and it's not really weird news, but it happened to go with our theme today, so I thought I'd read it to you. So the site titled this, The Most Genuine Apology from a Games Company You Will See Today or Ever. Uh, this is Interdimensional Games, and they developed the game Consortium. Uh, this article here is the first I've ever heard of this game, so I'm not judging the game or the quality at all. I have no idea what it even is, but I'll read you a quick sample of this. This is Consortium Status Update. This is on January 9th from Interdimensional Games. They say, We deeply apologize to those of you who found yourself engrossed in the game, only to be thrown out of it due to a crash or other game-breaking issue. Firstly, this is inexcusable, and we will be working around the clock to clear out all of these major game-breaking bugs. Here's the, here's the brutally honest part. 
The truth is that we honestly felt the game was ready, and in hindsight didn't realize or anticipate the full range of systems we're not even remotely tested on, and how many frankly strange performance issues folks are having on really solid machines. Our experimental renderer is largely the culprit for many of the crashes and slowdowns being experienced, and was something we were honestly worried about, though we did not expect such a rash of issues tied to it after seeing it run smoothly on a number of different setups. Without the renderer, the game would look far more static, and much of the atmosphere and key scenes would be lost. In the end, uh, skip a little bit here. In the end, our confidence. I'm gonna lose my place here. I'm going. Okay. In the end, our confidence in the game being bug-free was misplaced. While we truly quote hoped that the version we launched yesterday was going to hold up against the onslaught of thousands of players against the world playing it with their own playstyle and their own unique system configurations, it was clearly an unrealistic hope. So again, everyone, our di our direct and sincere apologies is all we can offer you at this point until we can finally offer you the complete game you should have gotten in the first place. For those of you who have bought our game, thank you. We stand by Consortium and are 100% dedicated to finding it a to fixing it ASAP. As an indie developer launching our first game with no publisher, your support is appreciated more than you can know. We hope that you will be able to wait just a few more weeks before diving in to help ensure that you will encounter no game breakers and have the Consortium experience as we intended it. And they go on to share their plan to fix the game. So I think that's really cool. Uh, I talked about Two Brothers last week from Axe Studios and how disappointed I was with that. I really wanted to like the game, but right from the start there were so many issues, annoying things, that I just decided not to even bother with it because it was such a problem. So, uh, you know, I, I know nothing about this game. I, I just happened to find it, like I said, on a, on a weird news site. So, you know, that fits with our theme. That's a, that's a developer that is really sorry for what happened, is working to fix it, and I can give them some grace. They're an indie publisher and they have no idea what's going on. So, I hope that game does well. I honestly do. So that right there will close us out for the week. Hope you enjoyed hanging out, talking about some cool stuff this week. Uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. I am off for another week, so I'll be able to do some planning, publish a show next week too. And I'm going to try to do better this semester once I go back to school with getting a show out every week. You know, with work it makes it tough, but I'm going to try to hopefully carve out some time where I can write down some notes and things like that. So until then, we'll send you off with a track, and it has been far too long since I've shared some tunes from my friend Fox Synergy, so we will definitely link to him, as always. This is his track, Data Corruption, and with that, I will see you soon.